Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I've been tracking Sasquatches for 25 years. Pardon my American global awakening to the new world order. Pardon my American artificial intelligence. Pardon my American. Do you believe in UFOs? Yes, sir. Extraterrestrial. You're listening to Pardon my American. What? Is going on? Oh, what is up, everybody? <laughs> dude, I actually yeah. like said that. And I was like, wait a second. You're like, oh shit, is my <laughs> mic on? <laughs> What's up, dude? Hey, we are here. We're here, man. Yes, you yeah. just got back from Portland. I just got back from Portland. Uh, it was my daughter's birthday party yesterday. Her birthday is today. She had yeah. a ton of spending money, so we're like, let's go shop. And that was uh, a nightmare we can get into later oh, if you bro. want to. It's just, it's just terrible there, dude. Yes, indeed. I've been there for a while, so. Well, you know what's not terrible is our guest today. We have a special guest. Everybody knows him as at Take Naps on Instagram. Yeah. Bobby Sausalito. Bobby Sauce. What do you go by? That's Bobby right. Sauce? Bobby Sauce. Bobby Sausalito. Take Naps. Taking Naps. The Sultan of Slay. Whatever you like. Is I love it. For the me. Sultan of Slay. Sultan of Slay. Man. That was my gay porn name. Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Perfect. Yeah, we were admiring your setup when we were kind of chatting with you before. You got like a nice looking setup there, man. You got so many monitors. This is the brand new. This is the brand new spot. I was a web developer for 13 years. I had full time employees here at my home office, and Ooh. I bought three monitor setups so that I could maximize their productivity. So I had all these monitors sitting around, and I'm like, I basically could make a TV studio studio if I was to invest in the proper equipment. So here it yeah. is. <laughs> well, dude, I was gonna say like you don't even need to go onto the OAN web or like their stage because you have your own stage there. It's like yeah. Newsmax Light. You know what I mean? <laughs> Basically, yeah. I mean, I just I just probably dropped close to eight thousand dollars on all this equipment. I got a mirrorless Ooh. camera, which I didn't even know what that was. Professional grade lights, five hundred dollar mic, this audio input thing, and a computer that I'm dedicating specifically to streaming. So it's all top tier, and hopefully this elevates it to the next level. Hell yeah, hell yeah. I feel like the content is good, and it's needed, and it's purpose driven, and the world needs more of it. In fact, for the first time in my life, actually, just yesterday. I bought a new iPhone and I'm going to wow. have an iPhone on a pod sitting right here next to this camera so I can stream to TikTok while I stream to all of these other places. Hell yes. yeah. We actually talked about that. That's a, that's a great idea. Man. It is a Obviously, great idea. I think that's something that we're going to try as well. So it was a, so I, I bought an iPhone. I bought an iPhone 11 pro first iPhone I've ever bought. And I'm literally going to mount it on this like $50 steel uh, tripod that's going to sit right here attached to the back of my desk and I'm never going to take it off and it's only going to be used to stream to TikTok and that's it. That's awesome. Woohoo. So I wanted before we kind of get rolling because I, I you're into a lot of the same stuff we are which is why I think it's going to yeah. be a fun conversation but I wanted to kind of do just a quick background of you. So you said you did web design and you did a yeah. lot of internet stuff beforehand right? Yeah, I was a I was a full-time web developer, internet entrepreneur. I built and designed websites for small, medium-sized businesses for 13 years. That's awesome, man. So you started yeah. making these videos on, was it Instagram or did, was it TikTok first? Was it one of the other first? No. Uh, so I started, so I, I, 
the way that the story goes is I never really thought I could make anything of my Instagram account. It was a personal account like it is for most people. I had 800 followers or whatever. I, I, was, I was lit one night smoking a blunt and my family and I invested in this house next door that we bulldozed and we were going to build a spec house, yeah. build a house with the intention of selling it. And the first night that the house after the house had been bulldozed, there was a porta potty sitting out on the lot. And I was like, that's so hilarious that the first thing to come to the lot when they're going to build a new house is a porta potty. So I was all stoned. <laughs> so I go out to the porta potty and I was like, yo, you know, if anybody needs to drop heat, you know, come by, here's the address, like drop a bomb. It's a brand new porta potty. Come, come, come do it. And my story's got like triple the amount of views that a normal story would. So instead of 50 views, it had like 150. Mm. I was like, that's so peculiar. And a bunch of people DM'd me and were like, you got to do one of those again. Yeah. And every day that the guys came and worked on the property, it was like free content. I would work all day and I would walk outside and I'd be like, all right, we got a couple of sticks. We got a tube. We got a, a cement block. I didn't even know what, how you even build a house. And I just <laughs> felt like it was free content. So I went out there every day and I would videotape this house being built. And by the end of it, I had, I don't know, 1200 followers or whatever. And the house was done. It was about eight months later. So I just decided that um, I was going to try to figure out a way to make more content. And I couldn't, I couldn't do enough real estate stuff because I'm just sitting here in my office. So the election was starting to heat up and I started making some political videos simply because I was interested in it. Mm. And um, I made one on the night of the DNC. <clears throat> and the next morning I woke up and had 60,000 views. I had 5,000 followers on Instagram yeah. and the Dang. rest is history. So were you into politics beforehand? I mean, I know yeah. you just said you were curious about it, but was that something that you kind of wanted to get into or just kind of happened that way? Well, there's there's kind of two parts to the story. In 2000, I want to say it was 2008, the world was crumbling, right? The, the all of mm. my all of my buddies and I w were going to college or in that age range and there was no jobs and all the money was going down and the banks were were going bankrupt. And the stock market was in the tank and I just kind of felt like my generation got bamboozled and um, a couple of buddies and I came across the DVD loose change about nine 11. We, you know, ate mushrooms and smoked weed and kind of like knew that the world wasn't what it seems, but we didn't understand the extent of it. We watched loose change and we were just like, Holy shit. Yeah. Like there's a small group of families that run the entire planet had been doing so for hundreds, if not thousands of years. So I became, I became interested in, um, in politics, I guess you could say, or world affairs after that. Years later, after um, I saw Ron Paul run for office is when I kind of got invigorated in politics specifically, because I realized that you need to understand politics in order to understand the economy, in order to understand money, and in order to be free and wealthy, you need to understand all these things. So I paid attention to politics so that I could understand the economy, understand money, and ultimately generate more freedom and or wealth for myself yeah um, so i could be so i could be free well yeah. and then what's that phrase it's like politics is downstream from culture yeah, or right. culture is downstream from politics it's like vice versa right yep mm -hmm. and so that is one thing were you ever like did you consider yourself just a, a liberal or a libertarian or always like conservative when i was when i first discovered loose change i would say i considered myself to be apolitical uh you know the establishment is corrupt. Yeah. That was yeah. kind of, I was just like, okay, there's a bunch of lizard people that run the planet and yeah. like every, and everything's a lie. Dude, like, that's the way we were too. I mean, we didn't yeah. give a shit yeah. about politics until Trump came around and we're like, who's this guy? What's he doing? Yeah. Well, I knew about Trump, but I, mostly, I was excited. Mostly why is everyone so pissed off at him? Yeah. And why did he win? And that was like, what the hell? This yeah. guy won. 
And so we well, just started digging and it's just like, oh, well, I knew I didn't want Hillary to win. That that was and I, I did. I was on the Trump train, honestly, from the very beginning. And he's yeah. got his problems. We, we get that. But oh, yeah, yeah, Hillary just that opened our eyes up to the corruption that was going on with the Clinton Foundation sure. and everything. But so. I mean, to your point, Loose Change, brilliant film. And then just 9-11 in general. Mm. I mean, that woke a lot of people up, I'm sure, because yeah. like we had a guy, one of our English teachers in high school. So Dave and I went to that same high school. We've been friends for freaking, long time. Yeah, you know, like seems like a century. Yeah. But nice. um, one of our one of our English teachers he was considered, quote, crazy back in the day, a nut job. Yep. And he showed us this movie called The Truth and Lies About 9-11. And it was nice. essentially, I forget the name of, uh, he was either a detective or an FBI agent, but he came out and soon to be, he was, he found dead. Yeah. But he was coming out with all this evidence and he was saying like, you know, you have, you know, all this X, Y, and Z about 9-11 and it doesn't Well, what's look funny like about it, that teacher uh, it, the best thing about him was he was like very liberal, but it was yes. in a time period where liberals were still like sane, like rational yeah. and, and like still didn't trust the government. So like, it, I mean, he was a weirdo, but he sure makes a lot of sense now looking back. Right. So, so it's just it's it's weird how the tables have turned and the definitions have changed where you could be considered liberal, you know, with with, uh, you know, two decades old definition standards. Yeah. But then it's just shifted so far. I mean, you just got back from Portland. You said that you've seen more transgender there people. Was, I saw more trans people in the past two hours than I have in the past year. And I mean, it's just like, <laughs> I went into tweet. Target and there was five at the door. Dude, I'm not kidding you. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, I was like, okay. And I, you I know, we're, we're, we're always like to each your own. You do sure. what you got to do. But yeah. it's like, whew, yeah, I'm glad know? my kid don't go to school there. So yeah. Anyway. Um, so with your yeah. growth that you had, you're saying you had massive growth and we actually had that same thing on Instagram uh, a while back. I mean, this was over a year ago where we were getting like a thousand a day and it was just pumping, pumping, pumping. But then we got hit with huge shadow bans, man, which we yeah. still are under in a lot of ways. And we got, you know, removed some, from certain platforms. Uh, YouTube kicked us off, you know, permanently for a while. Have you had that at all yet? Or are you still, you still flowing uh, pretty well? Well, there was a, there was a time on, um, there was a time on TikTok where I was really going in on Australia mm-hmm. and I was like, listen, Australia is not a free country, just a, just a heads up for all the people that are over there. And I had a, a bunch of people DMing me about it from Australia. So I just kind of dove deeper in. And um, while I was making the videos about Australia, I made what I would consider to be kind of a mistake where the people were people were responding with this very visceral emotional reaction where they were very upset. And they were like, screw you, mate. Like, you're not from here. Like, you're a stupid yank. Stay in the U.S. Like, worry about your own backyard. Kids are going to school and getting massacred with machine guns in your backyard. Don't look at us. And I was like, look, I'm just trying to tell you what's going on. I I don't have a dog in this fight. And um, where I made the mistake was is all these people kept responding to me. So I started making videos that I knew would agitate them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you're just mad at me because I'm standing up more for your country than you are, you know, like kind of like kind of throwing, throwing gasoline on the fire. You're being a bully, Bobby. You can't be doing that on TikTok. (laughs) So what happened was a bunch of people started reporting my live streams and reporting me for like hate speech and a variety of other things. So I ended up getting temporarily banned from live streaming on TikTok, and a bunch of my videos got taken down. Um, but I've just been very tactical. The same thing has happened on Instagram slightly when it comes to monetization and same with Facebook, but I just try to be very tactical. The way that I kind of explain it is, you know, if the towns, if the internet is the town square, which it very much is, 
you have to figure out how to stay inside the square. And even though you, even though you may want to go in there and get on a box and start screaming, that's how you draw attention to yourself. So I find ways to tactically move inside the square so as to not get eliminated. And I say, listen, if you want the truth, you know, come down the corner. There's a, you know, there's a, there's a bar over on the corner, knock on the door and give this password. And here's where I'll tell you the truth. Yeah. The idea is for me to just generate the audience, get people in, and then I can kind of slip it to them without saying the actual words. Yeah. And that's how I've been able to navigate my way around. Oh, it. for sure. Yeah, and we had issues with that because obviously when we first started doing the podcast like three years ago, almost, uh, you know, we got this sudden surge and the, the crackdown hadn't really happened yet. Yeah, you could say and a lot of stuff on you YouTube. You could say a lot of stuff. And, and you know, obviously, like the uh, Anon stuff was happening a lot. You know, there was a lot of conspiracies flying around. And we always were talking about that as like, hey, these are what this is what people are saying. You know, like not yeah. 100% that we're on board or not on board, but this yeah. is what people are saying. And then that bit us in the ass hard. Because, well, that and the Hunter Biden laptop yeah. hit everybody. Yeah, you so, I mean, I mean, I wish we could have gone back and navigated it better. Um, yeah. And I think we're still paying the price for it a little bit at this point. But hopefully that changes and, and we've, you know, made some good strides since oh, yeah. then. But, you know, it's just it's a tough thing. It, it, you can't just go on there, like you said, and, and speak your mind. And you have to actually think about other people. But, is, I mean, that's why uh, alternate forms of media are just so important. I mean, Truth Social, Rumble. You know yeah, I mean? right. Yeah. So, and you know, those are growing. I mean, Rumble, I just saw something come out saying that Rumble was on the top charts of the app store. I don't know if that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's but right. Yeah. Yeah. That was yesterday. Yeah. Yep. I, retwe- I retweeted it on Twitter, my least favorite platform, but yes, that's right. <laughs> it. It is very important that, and here's the other thing. There's a couple of things that I realized along the way. And one of them was when people DM you really mean things, you know, one thing that I did was I screenshotted a really mean DM and I, <laughs> I posted it in my story and I was like, okay, you know, this guy seems like, <laughs> seems like he's mentally stable. Yeah. And I got, and I got flagged for that post. Mm. And the reason was, is because what the guy said to me or gal or they or them or whatever, what they said to me was bad. And th- this is the thing that I learned is that, you know, you have 2 billion people that are using Instagram and a variety of people that are using these large platforms. The, the idea that an individual person is coming in and dinging off all these people is, is far-fetched. The vast majority of them come from flagging of recognizable bits of audio and yeah. or text. If you, I noticed very early on in my account when I would write election in mm-hmm. my uh, mm-hmm. Instagram bio or in my Instagram um, caption, or if I wrote things like vote or, tr- or Trump or whatever, I would get flagged and I would be automatically suppressed as the algorithm goes. So now yep. if you, if you watch my videos, I, I don't say things like, I don't say things like died very often. I don't say killed. Mm. I say things like lost their life or mm. passed away things that are slightly less diabolical. Um, instead of saying like police officers, I'll say things like the, the boys in blue or something like yeah. that. And I try to tactically navigate my way around because the AIs are listening to your audio and translating them into text. And then the actual text that you write is just being, it's just on this weighted scale. It's like, if it says gun, vote, Trump, whatever, flag it and then show it to a human being. That human being is probably in San Francisco. So you can imagine what they would do. So the idea, the idea is like, if you can find a way to tactically dodge those by using other euphemisms and phrases, um, it works to your benefit while still allowing you to get your message broadcast. Yeah, that's why Awaken with JP, I don't know if you follow him, the uh, yeah. red-haired comedian. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he just uses sarcasm. 
right? Yeah. He's yeah, like, exactly. Joe Biden is the greatest president ever. Look at what he's done. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. just. Yeah. And he's been killing it, too. Man. So, yeah, there's different there's different ways to go about it. And it's it's awesome. Uh, I do want to ask, where did you get the name Take Naps? Because I freaking love naps. <laughs> yeah. Everybody always asks me that question. So when I first registered the name in 2013, um, I didn't really think much of it. I didn't even think I was going to use Instagram and honestly didn't for a number of years. I was looking for a, a name that was short, succinct, easy to spell and easy to pronounce. So I was just using naps as my base word and I was finding other words and phrases that would fit in it. So I was like, I love a nap. I want to take a nap. And then I just saw Take Naps was available and just registered it. Didn't really think much of it. Okay. <laughs> Dude, that is awesome. Yeah. I feel like that's usually how it goes. You don't ever think about what you call yourself and you just do it. And then all of a sudden yeah. people are like, oh, that's cool. It sticks. What's the longest nap you ever taken? No, I'm just kidding. That's, that's a weird question. Uh, probably about two I actually hours. answer that question. Yeah. I don't know. When, when, does a, when, does a nap, when does a nap become sleep? You know, See, that was always it. my question, too, is like. What if you take a nap, but then you just sleep for eight hours? I feel like a nap has to be under like four hours. Yeah, yeah it has to be after sure. 10 a.m. and before 9 p.m. I get you. anything between Mid-day. there is a nap to me, dude. So I'll say a six hour nap, dude. I, I was out. <laughs> well, I passed out the other night on the couch with Chris here and his wife and stuff. And I just I crashed, dude. And I needed it. You know, Hell yeah, yeah. I so. would say that that's the case if you live in the rigid world that they want us to oh, live yeah. in we're living in it we're living in a simulation I, I actually now that you've mentioned it i can think of the longest nap that i ever taken in my life i went on a i used to go to a ton of electronic dance music festivals um mm. in the in the mid 2000s and my one of my favorites that i ever went on was a music festival called groove cruise okay. and Ooh. on groove cruise it's basically like a 24-hour party you you sleep very few hours. You wake up there. There's a DJ playing at breakfast. There's a DJ playing till five o'clock in the morning every <laughs> Damn, night for dude. like four days straight. <laughs> this one night, <laughs> this one night, uh, there's there was a guy. There was a guy going around that had a um, he had like a bag of trail mix, like a Ziploc bag of trail mix. And me and my friend were smoking somewhere, and he was like, "Yo, you want some mushroom trail mix?" And we were just like, "Yes." Yes, so, we're eating, we do. so we're eating the mushroom trail mix and we ended up going out onto the deck and it was nighttime and I was dancing on this deck from the nighttime into the day and then into the following night. And I, it got dark again and I was like, wait, what time is it? I had been on the deck for like basically a 15 or 20 something hour period Holy where I had shit. gone from dark to light and then to dark again. And then the nap that followed that. I think was the longest nap I've ever had. Wow. I, I have never been to like any, uh, any like EDM, any dance kind of like I, I go to a ton of concert, but I never yeah. have been to one. There's a few artists that I'm like really intrigued by, but well, have you ever been to burning man? I have not been to burning man, but I have been to many major American festivals like EDC, Las Vegas, electric Daisy carnival, Orlando, electric forest, mm-hmm. um, a, a variety of different ones in Vegas. I've been to beyond wonderland in California. Um, there's one called, I think it's called Voodoo in New Orleans and a number of different other ones. Um, ones in like Tennessee, Denver, uh, one called Decadence and a number of them, Hard Summer in Los Angeles. Yeah, we have so, one yeah, up at the uh, Gorge here, the Gorge Amphitheater yeah. in Washington. I know there's, I don't know what Love it's it. called, but I know there's a big one up there. But what would you, I've I mean, you, would you say that like 98% of those people are just high out of their minds? No. 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 What's the no. what's the ratio? Well, My perception like, is just like, like they're tripping. That's kind of like, that's like, that, that's kind of like saying, is everybody at a country music festival just drunk? Yes. No, they <laughs> Most are. of them, yeah. No, they're 100%. <laughs> right. Some of, some of them are. Some of them are. Some of them are drunk. Some are not drunk. I mean, I would say that some people some people are, but, like, everybody's getting loose. It's like, what's is, is somehow a person that's smoking weed 
any less anything than a person that's drinking alcohol, I would mm. say that they're well, much more well behaved. And then when it comes to things like mushrooms, I mean, mushrooms in I think in Oregon, I'm pretty sure they're legal, considered basically medicine. Marijuana considered medicine. Are they? A variety of, yeah. And, I actually, I've never, t- I've actually never yeah, done I think mushrooms. Psilocybin was just, uh, yeah, yeah registered. Mushroom, yeah. Mushroom, wow. Yeah, okay. mush- yeah. mushrooms A plus. Highly recommend. Um, so no, I think that that's a common misconception because the music is crazy and zany, and people are like the youth, they're crazy, they listen to computer sounds. But <laughs> the reality is, is that electronic music actually is is actually has a long history and started, I believe, in the in the seventies and eighties, and it's. A lot of the music that you hear these days, especially pop music, is electronic based. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The difference is, is it's a faster BPM. So really what it is, is it's dance music and all music is electronic for the most part, but yep. it's dance music. So people taking mushrooms or acid or whatever else. Yes, that definitely happens a lot. But I would say that people are pretty much in an altered state at any music festival. Um, but I would highly recommend it. It is. If I could honestly do, say that one thing is my favorite thing that I've ever done, it would be go to an electronic music festival. From house music to dubstep to trap music, it's just a fun vibe. When you go to a when you go to a rock concert, people are dancing, but they're not dancing. They're no. not going <laughs> nuts. You go to an electronic music festival, people are losing it, and yeah. I don't mean losing it like they're just so fucked up. There's any. They're I mean, in they're a like, zone. They're like really dancing hard, and, yeah. and I do too. I like I'm sweating, having the best time ever. And I would highly recommend that all human persons of Earth go and check one out at one point or another. It's one of the best things I ever did in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just so you know, I don't mind if people are high out of their minds. I I, I have some yeah. friends that go. Um, my wife has some friends. She's a lot younger than me, so it, you know her crowd is a little bit more into that. But um, I've I, we're we're musicians. We've always played yeah. in bands together and stuff, and. Uh, there's something about the dance music, especially when you, when you, obviously it's not the same when you watch on YouTube performances, but that stuff hits hard. And there are certain yeah. bands I've seen in the past, you know, Fear Factory and stuff who just have a different like hit to it. Like it hits your chest, you know? Yeah. And that's the one thing I would like to see with the dance music is that like verb, you know, the vibrations that's going on, man, that would get me riled up. Dude. Yeah. You go feel it in it's, your chest. When awesome. you're, you know, do you write music it, at all? No, I don't. Okay. Um, you you should go to the gorge though. I have been to the gorge. I went to a festival up there that is no longer called what it was called then, and I honestly don't remember what it was called. But um, there's a group called Above and Beyond, which is a fairly famous, one of the largest electronic music groups in the world, and they just did a a show up there called Group Therapy at the gorge recently, like about a month ago. Yeah, um, I would highly suggest that you try going to one of those festivals. And Dude, I'm down. I, no, I'm down. I'm down. Uh, Let's do it. It's well, the Gorge is fun. one of the most beautiful amphitheaters in the country. I know a lot of people say Red Rocks, and Red Rocks is is gorgeous. No. Been there, beautiful. But the Gorge, the view from yeah. the Gorge is yeah. unbelievable. And I don't Better. think most people even know that they exist. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, uh, so when I so when I started going to all these dance music festivals, I went to like a ton of them in a row mm-hmm. and, and somebody in my travels, you know, in the forest in Michigan was like, dude, you got to go to the gorge. It's better than red rocks. And I had been to red rocks many times. And I was like, all right, it's interesting at those music festivals. People are so 
full of love that they just want to share with you a nugget. And sometimes the best nuggets you get are those random ones. And I was like, okay, I will go there. Yeah. And I went there and I was like, this is by far the best live music venue in America that I've ever been to. Yeah. I mean, it's only downfall is that it's so far away from everything, yeah. which is, which is awesome. It's good yeah, too. Uh, in its own right. Positive. Cause then you can get, get away with a lot more. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. restriction well, on noise or, the amount of people you have there because it's a it's a pretty big area out there. Yeah, no, it is. There's it's stupid gorgeous. rules, but there's stupid rules there because it's on a national because it's a national park oh, yep. yeah. there are, or a state park. There are stupid rules there about like there's like environmental rules. I remember I was leaving the festival real late at night and we were trying to get to our car and one of the vendors couldn't sell me a bottle of water. Mm. He's like, he's like, I can't sell you. I can't physically sell you a bottle of water because it's a state park. It it's a it's some um green uh some like green initiative where you can't sell a plastic bottle of water from any vendor inside the park other than at the specific vendors that the festival holds or something like that wow you would think that you could be like i could donate it to you though and then you could drop your money around the corner you know what i mean (laughs) you know something like that no, he wouldn't do it. And I was like, bro, it's a bottle of water. Like, we're in the woods. Yeah. It's, it was like it was like midnight, and he was like, I literally can't do it. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll just die here then. Die. Yeah. Like, yeah. Freaking he's like, Jay yeah. Inslee, man. I tell well, you. Probably the boy's got a drink, man. would have sold you that bottle of water, and then like people would have jumped out of the bushes and tackled him and put hands yeah. on him. Yeah. He was that afraid of whatever it was. Because obviously, if like, you were to lose your license there, there's no other comparable venue in hundreds of miles. You know, yeah. like, probably 500 miles. So... I understand, but it's like, I don't know. I had like a, I had, a t- I had like a tank top on of like a panda bear, like, like smoking a joint or something. And I'm like, dude, come yeah. on. Like, it's like, yeah, see, I don't, I don't remember. It's been, like, I'm uh, an arc. I don't know. It's been a long time, man. We went to Lincoln park was the last one I went to before he passed away. It was like a year before he passed away. We went, me and my wife, but oh, we used wow. to go to Ozfest there yeah. every year. And, and it is awesome. I don't remember the water thing, but I'm, I guarantee that's an issue. I just, oh, being actually now. Yeah. And alcohol is a rule there too. You can't you can't have an open container of alcohol anywhere than other than at that bar, which is down on the bottom of the stage. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. it's like I want to drink a cup of whatever, even beer, and they're just like, no, you have to yeah. stay here on the side of the stage where you can't even see it. So it's like that's why people do smoke weed out there. That's yeah. why people take mushrooms because they're yeah. just like, fuck this, I'm not gonna sit here and like drink my liquid poison. That's not only that, you could take a you could you could have a bag of mushrooms that's $15 and you could have a five hour journey. Whereas what are you going to get with $15? Two beers. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Mm. It is expensive. A young young kid has no choice. You know, you just spent 400 bucks on this ticket to get out there. You're probably sleeping in your car or sleeping in some tent. You barely have any money and you want to see the music. It's like they leave them no choice. It's like these, and then you and you can't even bring alcohol in, so you couldn't even bring alcohol that you were able to oh, obtain yeah. on your own. For sure, and then you dude. can't even drink it around. So it's like it's no surprise that someone's like, uh, I'll take a five five dollar tab of acid and trip for seven hours. You know, see, that's it's, when you got to get sneaky and bring your own anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, man. Flask, I used, I used flask to do up that. the butt. I used to do that when we used to go up in uh, <laughs> Washougal. So we used to go, go like <laughs> motocross races up at Washougal, and we they wouldn't they do the same thing. They wouldn't allow you to bring anything in, but we'd yeah. like get like a six pack of Gatorade. And then drink like a quarter of all the Gatorades and then put like a couple shots of vodka in there. Uh, mm-hmm. Worse. Yeah. 
My until dad, my until dad it was like to, uh, 90 degrees and it got real warm, then it wasn't that great. My dad used nah. to put vodka in a syringe in high school and put it into oranges so he'd just get drunk at you know at lunch what? in high school. Yeah, he was fucked up back in the day. Wow. Yeah, I mean, whatever works, dude. You know? Jesus. I never thought about that. <laughs> it's a great idea. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Um, so did you watch that documentary? We were kind of talking about like mushrooms and stuff. Did you watch that Netflix documentary and like, you know, what they're doing scientifically with what, what is it? Because I, I haven't watched the entire thing yet. But well, there's psilocybin. And psilocybin. Then, um, but yeah, like near-death experience. Or like people that are about to die, Yeah, they will yeah. kind of let them just trip balls and kind of just yeah. be with them and hold their hand. You know, they have their blindfold on. They're laying down on a couch. More of a yep. therapeutic design. But it basically gets people okay with death. Yeah. You know, and they I can did. face their death, right? Yeah. Somebody that hasn't taken any of that stuff before and you kind of mentioned it, like, I mean, do you, can you see some of those things that kind of like enlightens you? Maybe like opens up some doors for you? Have you I mean, have you had that experience? Yeah. Uh, look, I'm not here to endorse anybody doing anything they don't want to do, but I have, I did watch one of the episodes of that. Um, yeah. I think, uh, I think, I think mushrooms was probably one of the greatest things I ever did in my entire life. Yeah, and I, and I say that I don't say that lightly. I say it because it's kind of like the first time you smoked weed. I remember the first time I smoked weed. I just thought to myself, "Wait a second, I'm in the exact same place at the exact same time, and I feel completely different about my surroundings. My perspective has changed. Mm. My understanding of the world around me is different. Yeah. I could be happier or whatever." And like I hadn't really drank alcohol. I don't think I drank alcohol really before I smoked weed. But anyways, the point is, is that mushrooms it basically teaches you in my opinion that like nothing is what it seems yeah. and that all of this you start to realize the true value of nature in a completely different way where you're like wait a second the tree is breathing the earth is breathing i'm one with the earth and as a good friend of mine once told me he's like you can feel, he's like you're so calm you can feel the hum of the universe and i just remember thinking about how and i can just think back on how significant taking mushrooms has been to my entire understanding of reality and understanding how malleable it is and how beautiful it is. And it's made me certainly more grateful um, to even exist that I would even have this vision. And I, I bet a lot of people have that feeling when it comes to other drugs, like yeah. maybe DMT or whatever else. But for me, mushrooms being the initial introductory one um, had that life-changing uh, realization for me. So yeah. 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 That's I've always just been, beautiful. I've always like just been, I'm not one to like smoke a ton. I don't drink even a ton anymore. Yeah. Uh, even in high school, like I never, I never was one to like get drunk and stuff on the weekends, go to parties. That was never my thing. So <laughs> with all that stuff, it just kind of, I always had this like mild fear of it. Right. I tried E yeah. uh, many years ago and I loved it because I was like, man, I just, I feel great. I didn't have that whole, like, I need to fuck everybody vibe. I just was like, I wanted to talk to everybody. I wanted to engage <laughs> in conversations I, you know, I, I had like the, you know, it's cool. Cause he had these personal things. Like my, my buddy's girlfriend his her sweatshirt was like mine. Like I just, oh. that was like my shit. And I was like, uh -huh. I'm going to take it home with me. This is my thing. It oh, felt okay. so good. Uh, it, it just is a weird vibe. Yeah. But like, I will say that the one thing that started me with like the government and the way that things are was marijuana. We had friends in high school that are huge potheads, which was awesome. But you didn't, you don't realize like how they've squashed, you know, medical marijuana over the decades, right? Yeah, just to yep. kind of hide the hemp, you know, which is obviously easy to grow, strong. You can make like, anything out of it. Yeah, I mean, there's, there, and even the mushrooms, yeah. like medical reasons for it, it, it kind of opened my eyes to like what the government is capable of doing 
to kind of squash these things to make the, you know, the big, big pharma, pharma. Yeah. a lot of money, you know, timber that's industry, right. all that stuff is making a ton of money. Yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> I, this is the thing that I hope that everybody understands is that the world, <laughs> we are not in a different jungle than our ancestors were in. It just doesn't look the same. Yeah. You know, the jungle Think about being in the jungle, even a lion. It's like no one fucks with the lion. But if you get enough coyotes together or whatever, forgive the forgive my understanding of the animals. If you get enough <laughs> animals together, a lion can get killed, you know, yeah, and, yes. and there's a, and nobody is outside of it. And the world is very much a jungle. It's just that in the event that we were in a jungle, what would the predators do in order to make you feel make you easier to be attacked? They would make you feel like you're not in the jungle, make you feel like you're safe. So we have this very polished, very shiny, very nice, comfortable world that's there to deceive us to thinking that we're no longer in the jungle. And they are doing the same things that the that the animals have to deal with to this day. You got to watch your back. You got to roll with a pack. You got to trust the people in your inner circle. You got to be mentally strong. You got to be head on a swivel. You got to be physically strong. You got to be at it all the time. You got to be building and saving chips for later, saving, saving, uh, you know, storing your nuts for the winter. There's so many different things that have to happen and you have to have, you have to be willing to understand that you will never be safe and that they're always coming to get you all the time. We're in the jungle. And that's exactly how it is now. It's like, they're going to lie to you about food. They're going to yeah. lie to you about medicine. They're going to lie to you in the, in the medical system. They're going to lie to you about the money in your pocket. And yep. you have to be a person that <laughs> says every single piece of information that comes across my life, whether it comes through my ears or through my eyes, or I read it on a piece of paper or a friend tells me or whatever, or even if it comes from my doctor, I have to question that, validate that, determine whether or not I think it's right, and then make a decision oh. each time every piece yeah. of information. Yeah, I mean, it, especially nowadays, after, you know, I call it the big C, little v. Uh, so, you know, COVID-19, we just call it the big C. Yep. But, I mean, it's like, after that happened, there's been so many up. questions. You know what I mean? Because that just opened the door to, I was just talking to Chris before the show, like, that's where a lot of conspiracy theories kind of went astray. You know what I mean? Where everybody was reaching for straws. They were looking for answers. They're like, what the hell is going on right now? You mm -hmm. know? And then all of a sudden you have this, you know, the uh, pokey thing come out, right? Yep. People are questioning that and they're saying, well, now can I even trust my doctor? Can I trust my teachers? Can I trust anybody? Right. Yeah. Right. And so, well, and then they fell for it, like a yeah, lot of people did, and yeah. now they're starting to question that. You know, like we we know people that are like, I don't know if I should have done that. Yeah. I'm, I'm second guessing, should've and it's waited. like, eh, tried to tell you, you know, I don't know. But to your point about like you know how they're kind of softening up society a little bit. I mean, that's that's the one thing that the uh, I don't even want to say that's left and right per se, evil, yeah. you know, good and evil kind of. But they've kind of taken over the schools, and they got people to where they they they've just altered the state of mind of everybody. Oh yeah. Everybody. So, and then they don't understand their, their constitutional rights anymore. Like yep. people just don't have a clue like what we're able to do. And they think that everything and, and being in the area where we're in a pretty red area here, but we're not far. You know, I worked in downtown Portland and if you just talk to people on a daily basis, like their idea of what society is, is, is shot it is beyond oh, yeah. shot. It's, it's, we need to listen to this. Fauci's one of the best guys out there. Dude. Yeah. Like how dare you question Fauci? Come on. He's a scientist. Trust the yeah. science. He's on TV. Yeah. You know, yeah. that guy should be in prison, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Correct. So, and that's going to your point, Dave. Most people don't know that each state has its own constitution. 
like we have state constitutions. There's individual rights per the state rights. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even preppers, like going back to, you know, connecting with wilderness, connecting with knowing what to do when you're out in the wilderness alone and you need to survive. Yeah. I remember when this was all kind of going down and, and they were warning about preppers. I think Facebook was putting out a warning like, do you know somebody who's prepping too much? <laughs> yeah. Are you worried about them prepping? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was like the red know. flag. Yeah, let us <laughs> yeah. know. It's like, what? Yeah. You can't prep, bro? How many guns does that man have? Huh? Yeah. How much ammo do they, do you really need? <laughs> yeah, are you collecting rainwater? Oh, so well, how that's... long do you, how long have you lived in Florida? I mean, were you did you grow up somewhere else and then you you yeah. went to Florida? Yeah, I was born and raised in Connecticut, um, okay. and I moved to, I moved to Florida in 2010. How's it been so for you in Florida? So it's been 12 years. Oh, it's the best ever. I love it so much, so much more than I loved uh, anything in the Northeast and Connecticut. Um, I moved here because I wanted to be warm. Simply like stated very simply yeah. I, was build, I was i was building websites from my house in connecticut and i was like why do why do i live here i don't need to i don't need to be here yeah. it's like why don't i just go to why don't i live near the beach and i was like all right where's the where's the nicest beach in america and i just started searching and i didn't want to go to the west coast because my family was all um in connecticut so i didn't want the time difference and the expensive plane ride so i was like all right what's the nicest beach on the east coast of america and as i started to go down the line it was like you know uh maryland then it was like not not warm enough virginia beach not warm enough then i kept going down then i was like maybe savannah then i was just like do i really want to be in georgia why not florida and then before long it was like how about southeast florida how about miami that's where i'll Mm -hmm. move and um i ended up not moving to miami but very nearby it was just ever since i've been here i've been loving it i go to the beach all the time I've, i've been there geez Twice this week and yeah, yeah. Dude, that's the nicest beach in America for sure. I mean, the East yeah. Coast beaches. You don't want to yeah. go to West Coast beaches. Rocky, yeah, it's cold, it's cold, it's rocky. Yeah, yeah, there's there's some nice ones, I guess, but they're just polluted with homeless at this point. So oh, <laughs> it's yeah. just different, you know. Yeah. Was the it water? hard for you to move? Like, I, I don't know if you had a family at the time. If you, I don't know much about that history with you, but no. was it hard to pack up and leave your family and go to another state? Because we're actually on the verge of doing that ourselves, we're going to be moving. Uh, Greg will not, but me and me and Chris are. And so it's one of those things that's scary, you know, to like, this yeah. is all we know here. Pack up and leave. Well, it's, <laughs> there's actually, there's a couple, there's actually a couple kind of lessons from that that I learned. Um, one of them was, is like, you have to live your life, right? You have to, you have to live the life that you want to live. And ultimately you have to follow whatever you think you're destiny or whatever is and if your family lives in such and such a place that's their life and you can stay there but you don't have to you have to go and live your own so that was one of the things that made me want to go and yeah it was hard but what i realized was that you know on the on the opposite side of any great challenge you know is usually a great learning experience is a great success and here's the other thing I could move back to Connecticut. Yeah. It's not, it's not like Connecticut ain't there. I could go find a a place and I could pack my shit and I could go just the same. Like I could sell my house and I could get a U-Haul and I could ride out and I could be there whenever I want. There's nothing stopping me. And the the big thing that I think a lot of people get held up on is the job, like my job. It's like there's jobs everywhere. You could go get another job. So I didn't have the job. I was self-employed. So I didn't need to do that. The family and the friends thing. I, I had I grew up in the same 15 mile vicinity for my entire middle school, elementary school, adult life. So I knew everybody. Yeah. But what I realized was, you know, is this going to serve me well in the long term? Is this going to, is this the challenge? Is this the totality of my life? Am I going to wake up 
10 years from now in this place that I am and say, look how great and successful I am. I have, let's say $10 million. Am I going to want to be here? If the answer is no, then I need to go where I would want to be. If I had $10 million, I have to go and be mm-hmm. where I, I think it makes the most sense in the long term. So I was just like, I'm out knowing that I could go back if I had to knowing that if, if I had to come back for my parents or whatever that I would, but it's so interesting how the, how the winds of time change. My family lived in Connecticut. My parents had lived there in the same house for 30 years. When I moved here, there was this one year after about, I think about five years or six years in where I just told my mom, like, I don't want to come back for Christmas. It's too cold here. It's warm in Florida. Next Christmas, you guys are coming to Florida. And I basically told them like, I'm not coming back here. Like I'm going to be in Florida for the rest of my life, or I'm certainly not going to be in Connecticut. And I just want to let you know. And um, interestingly enough, eight months later, they both moved down here. They live here in uh, here here in about twenty minutes away from me. Dude, and I went awesome. to dinner, and I went to dinner with my pops tonight. So nice. it's just weird how the world changes. It's like I'm following my legend. I'm pursuing my dream. I'm doing what I need to do. Yeah. If you would ask me ten years ago, I would have said they're going to be here for the rest of their life. And interestingly enough, when you do the thing that's right for you, things just kind of click. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like, you know, for us, like we got connected with the drinking bros. Obviously, we're under their media group. And oh, cool. uh, yeah, we, we you know, I got to meet them. Uh, it was a year and a half ago or so. And then yeah. we kind of signed on with these guys and got to go into their studio and see how they operate. And it's like a it's a legit operation what they got going on, you know. And every time we go there, there's guests in there and you're meeting a lot of people. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like we're up here in the Northwest, you know, it's beautiful up here. No, don't get me wrong. The mountains are gorgeous. We have some yeah. beaches, but just having the opportunity to like, go try new things, meet new people, kind of get our feet wet with some of these other businesses and people that are doing stuff like that was, that was our motivating factor. So, you know, we're going to go to Austin for a year, see how that goes nice. and then see where, see where life takes us. Yeah. But I'm excited right. to try something new, man. Yeah. Well, and basically it came down to, we, we kind of all sat in this room and looked at ourselves and like, if we are actually taking this thing seriously, what are we doing sitting in this room? Yeah. Like we, right. we need to go where we have the opportunity to make this as big as we want to make it. Well, and it's going to be a struggle, you know, like we're, we're still growing and uh, you know, we have good jobs and stuff. And so we're going to leave that behind and, and just really go at it for a year, putting a lot of content out, trying to be as proactive as we can. That was our goal, but it is scary. You know, like yeah. not having a secure thing is, is a little scary, but you're right, man. You got to just do what's best for you. Well, and <laughs> you it's, know? it's happening all over the place now. Yeah. I mean, you see so many people just in this town alone moving. You see yeah. how many houses for sale, you know, it's, yeah. and you right. hear like so many people just quitting their jobs and they're realizing what the hell am I doing? It's yeah. almost like, oh, yeah. Well, and the, what's that saying that there is no reward without risk. Yeah. Yeah. Was there any political kind of aspect for you as far as Florida goes? Like, did you look at it as like a state where you could thrive or it just was Florida was hot? Literally. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, I, dude. It was 2000. It was 2010. It was 2010. I was sitting in Connecticut. It was like, it was like, I want to say October. And I went in, um, or maybe it was October. Maybe it was like November, something like that in that general range. And I went out and pulled the handle of my pickup truck and it snapped off. And I was like, yo, fuck this place. <laughs> I, was yeah. like, I'm, I was like, I'm done with this. And um, I had a, a friend of mine, uh, we were talking about moving somewhere and we were just kind of bullshitting while we would blaze or whatever. And um, he's like, dude, let's let's move to Florida. And I was like, you know, I, I wanted to move somewhere. But yeah, yeah, fuck. yeah, let's move to Florida. And it was just like, you know, there's one thing that I am, am good at doing. It's like if I say I'm going to do it, 
I'm going to do it. I'm always, I always follow through on what I say I'm going to do. And in my mind, it was like, once I started cooking it, I was like, yep, that's a thing. And the other thing, the other thing too, which I think is such a great lesson is like, I've been reading, I've been reading a bunch of different books lately as a way of trying to level up. It's like always my thing. How do I get better every day? And one of the things that in this book, I think it's Ed Milet's new book that I'm, that he said this in, he was talking about how, you know, you don't have a, there is no plan B. You envision the success, you prepare for the success, you expect the success, you anticipate the success, and then you work relentlessly towards it. There is no option. Yeah. I, I was, you, like you would, I would have been homeless before I went back to Connecticut with my tail between my legs. Like I just lost all my money. I, everything failed. I would have never done that. I would have scraped the gum off the floor at a grocery store, which is a job that I did do when I was in Connecticut to keep my business afloat. I would have sold the shirt off my back. I would have drove Uber. I would have had no pride. I would have had no pride and would have gone and done any job to keep the dream alive. And yeah. I feel like, I feel like that's the one missing piece of a lot of entrepreneurial kind of lessons is just like, there is no plan B. It's yep. plan A. I'll, if there's a plan B, plan A, plan B is what happens when plan A explodes in my face and I have nothing other to do other than die or plan B. There's plan B. But other than that, <laughs> yeah. it's plan A. So it's like if you guys are like, we're going to go to Austin and this is what we're going to this is what we're going to do. You will do it so yep. long as you have the belief that you will that you will do it and you're willing to put in the work to execute it. And then on top of all that. You have to be willing to do something that I've said this to a thousand people. You have to be willing to accept that whatever your target is might actually end up being 15, 15 degrees to the left or 15 degrees to the right of what you actually thought it was going to be. You may think I'm going to be the internet web design guru that teaches people how to build great websites, which is what I thought. I thought I was going to be the internet entrepreneur of building websites. And that was my thing. Interestingly enough, I'm 15 degrees to the right of that. I'm still doing social. I'm still doing web. I'm still doing graphic design and marketing. I'm still doing online marketing and branding here, right? Mm, I'm yep. doing all those things, but I'm not building websites. Now I have a purpose-driven Save America you know, angle that's 15 degrees to the right of what I had always thought that it would be. I, didn't, I knew that I was going towards the mountaintop, knowing, knowing not which direction I would take to get to the top, but that I would make it. And that's the type of mentality that I've always had. So if you guys have that same mentality and you're like, let's just plug along, maybe it's this podcast, maybe it's a slightly different name, maybe it's a different angle on the podcast, maybe it's longer, maybe it's shorter, maybe you talk about something different, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. But as long as you're just like, I'm going to put in the work, it all happens to everybody all the time. Which is awesome. great advice, but, man. Yeah. I, I, I like that analogy because I, I, I think we are on that boat where, you know, it doesn't matter if we go to the left of the mountain or the right of the mountain, you know, it's just getting to the mountain. Right. And, and yeah. we are, you know, and again, like we've, we have families, we all have kids, we all have wives, we all have jobs. Yeah. Uh, and so it's been a situation where we've been doing everything possible to try to get in the studio and putting out as much content as we can physically do and so the idea of having that more opportunity where you can create better content is kind of the goal and we can get there. That's, that's not a problem. It's just for us networking, you know, like being up in the Northwest, there's, there's, there's people around, you know, but a lot of the people we want to be around and kind of start associating with and getting to know, cause I, you do web design, you know, I'd love to have yep. our uh, website checked out and have you do some, you know, yeah. that's my point yep. is like you meet people and you have, you know, you kind of get your little step ups and you help other other content creators and they help you and and that's the kind of community we want to be involved with so you know speed the speed is another thing is like when you're around people that are executing at a high level it's like i hate to be that guy that's like in this book but i've been reading this book by ed Milet and he talks about how the people in your circle mm -hmm. are are affecting you 
whether you like it or not. You could be around a person that you may love and you may not think that you're getting any cues from them, but their their existence is absorbing into your reality, whether you like it or not. The things they're willing to tolerate, the things that they talk about and think about, it's becoming part of your operation because they're in your inner circle. And I think that the, the way that that analogy makes sense in this case is like, when you're in Austin, you walk down the street that you walked down six months ago and there's a freaking high rise going up there and apartments being sold for 1.2 million and the car that's down the street is is not a 2010 Mercedes. It's a 2018 Range Rover. You start to be like, yo, I need to, I need to start hitting. Nothing will make you want to get better as when I walk my dog down the street here, I see a house that's a million dollars and it's the shittiest house on the street. And there's a house next to it. That's 25 million bucks. And I'm like, this guy wakes up at eight in the morning and shits and eats just like me and has all the same problems that I have. He just has a $25 million house. That means it's achievable. That means this guy lives a half a mile away from me the only difference between me and him is i just haven't executed on those steps to get to the place that he's at but this person has made it there so when you're in austin you're going to be invigorated by all that energy and the people that are not hung up in being a victim and all this other shit yeah being in that being in that environment is going to speed you guys up just on its own hell yeah dude you're pumping me the fuck up (laughs) yeah like i'm so stoked right now like no i was gonna i got a heart on a little bit (laughs) he does he has an erection you gave dave an erection holy shit i'm just a mountain dew or you dude but I, I do yeah. want to say, because uh, Bobby, in one of your uh, in your main video that you have uh, pinned to your um, YouTube and your IG, yeah. uh, towards the end there, you you talk about how you like to combine humor, education, motivation, and then um, like advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do you give it? Do you have like personal clients? And then, if if so, or if not, what is the best success story that you've heard? come out of either your advice or your motivation? Like, has anybody come back and said like, hey, dude, you you made me do this and now my life's freaking 180 changed? Um, there have been a few that have been really interesting, um, but one of them, it's, it's really interesting. There's, um, we don't realize how important and powerful our small individual words and actions are on other people. And one of the things that I found uh, exceptionally profound, cause like, here's the thing about me is if I'm around a group of people, we could be, we could be sitting around a fire. Everybody could be smoking a blunt or whatever at a, after a music festival, cooling down. And somebody will say something to me and I'll be like, yo, you need to make more content. You need to start making more, po- like you need to start doing this. You like your music. You need to produce more music. You need to try to start getting a show. You need to drop a new album. You need to drop a new single. I'm that guy. I'm the hype guy where I'm always just like, no, do that. I don't yeah. want to talk about the, I don't want to talk about what happened yesterday or the weather. I hate talking about non like inconsequential events, people, people, places, and things. I like to talk about events, goals, things that are happening and how to get people ahead. When I was in high school, I was playing football and I got offered a job at um, IBM, which was the biggest technology company in my local area where I grew up. And I couldn't take the job because I wanted to play football and they needed me at three o'clock in the afternoon. I couldn't go at six after practice. And I had a friend of mine that was a really brilliant guy that was very reserved and quiet and kind of like a nerd guy, but he was real sharp. And him and I got along, even though I was like football jock and he was like computer nerd guy. We always had a, a good banter. And I was like, dude, I can't take this job at IBM. Would you be interested in taking it? This was like an $8, $9 an hour, like scan receipts and, and email them type job at IBM. And 
I, and I wrote this like recommendation and passed his information on to the woman. And I was like, I can't take this job, but this guy, Craig is the man. I was like, this guy is a hard worker and he's going to do it. And, um, interestingly enough, I think it was 12 or 13 years later, I had posted on my Instagram. This is about eight years ago that I was going back to Connecticut for the week. And he messaged me on Facebook and he was like, yo, I'd love to take you out to lunch. So he takes me out to lunch and he goes, you know, I still work at IBM. He had been there for 10 years and was making like over, was making over six figs and now, and was now had gone like six steps up the chain and had this like really cushy job at IBM. And to this day, as far as I know, as of like two years ago, he still works at IBM. So that guy has had that job for almost 16 years and <clears> has, <throat> it has made his whole life. I think he's married now, has a house in Connecticut and a couple nice cars. And it was all because I put in the word for him back when we were in high school. So yeah, that was a pretty, Dude, I mean, and, and you never know, man, that shit happens all the time too. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's, it can, uh, it could just be something that you said, like you were saying, you're like sitting around a fire and it's like, no, you need to do this. And then all yeah. of a sudden they, it clicks and they go, you know what? I, I'm well, and, it's, that. and a lot of it too is like, if you don't know, you don't know, you know? And it's like, yeah. we've been doing this podcast for three years. And the first like year that we did this, we literally sat in a table in here and we just put our stuff up. We didn't post to social media. Like we were literally just kind of like, hey, hey, we got 12 listeners. Yeah. You know, didn't mm-hmm. really think much of it. And then we started putting a little more effort. And then when we got the opportunity to go see, you know, the Drinking Bro studio and what a studio looks like and watching the yeah. buzzing and people over here, you know, I'm like, holy yeah. shit, this is like, you can feel it in here, dude. It just feels yeah. good in here. And like that changes yeah. your yeah. whole perspective. And you're like, man, what we're doing is not, yeah, we're doing good stuff, but like, yeah, there's more to this than that, you know? Well, it's like that Steve Harvey clip that I've seen circulating on TikTok where Dude, he's yeah. talking about just motivated people don't sleep. Yeah. I mean, that eight hours of he's sleep. Like if you wake up at 8 a.m., the stock market's already been going for two hours or whatever it is, you know, three hours <laughs> yeah. and people are making money and you're sleeping your life away. Yeah, it's just like if this is your life and your passion, you you it will willingly just come to you and you'll think of it instinctively throughout the day. You'll be like, oh, this would be cool for this. This would be cool for that. Yeah. Oh, hey, we should do this idea, you know. Yeah. So sorry. Oh, go ahead, man. I was just going to say, there's, um, do you guys, are you guys familiar with Spanx? Have you ever heard of the brand Spanx and uh, Sarah Blakely? Do you know anything about Spanx? Have you ever heard of that? Before? Is that the weird underwear? Sounds not. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a women's, it's women's shapewear. Well, her, Je- uh, Sarah Blakely's husband is a guy by the name of Jesse Itzler. Have you ever heard of Jesse Itzler have before? Have not, no. Okay, so Jesse Itzler, have you, do you know who David Goggins is? That's, yep. Yep. Yes. Yep. yes, yes, yes. Okay. So Jesse Itzler is Sarah Blakely's husband. Sarah Blakely is like one was like a female, a self-made female billionaire, built this huge, this huge international brand called Spanx. And her husband is not too shabby himself. And his name is Jesse Itzler. And he wrote this book called Living with a Seal. And in the book, he writes about how he had he met the most hard-nosed, gritty human being that he'd ever seen in his life. This guy that ran like a ran like a 50-mile race until his until the skin like shredded off of his feet. And he said that he asked this guy to come and train him for, I think it was 30 days. And the person was David Goggins. Mm-hmm. So David Goggins came to Jesse Itzler's house for 30 days. And he's like, I want to live like you. He said, every single thing that, that, that you tell me to do, I will do. And he was like, I'll only do it if you do every single thing. And in the book, he talks about how Goggins like gets up in the morning and he's like running 10 miles. Then he's doing push-ups, Then he's doing pull-ups and he's doing all this crazy shit. And he was teaching him about life. And one of the things was, is Goggins was like, by the time we're done with this, you're going to be able to do 150 pull-ups. 
in a day or 150 pull-ups at once. And he was like, there's no fucking way I'm going to be able to do 150 pull-ups. And he was like, we grossly under index to our capacity. He's like, most people quit when they're 60% spent and they got 40% left in the tank. And it's just like, we don't realize how under indexing we are until we go to a place like you guys did with drinking bros. Where you're mm. like, I ain't doing shit. You're under indexing to your capacity because you create a mental roadblock that stops you from working harder, going longer, going the extra mile, riding the extra mile, lifting the extra rep. And we all have to get better at it. Nobody's perfect. But knowing that with certainty and thinking I'm not really spent, I just think I'm spent. My body is trying to tell me that I'm done, but I'm not is is how all of these people have excelled to all of these great heights. So it's like you guys seeing that is just another inspiration. Oh, yeah. And when you're in Austin, yeah. same thing. It's like we grossly under index what we what we uh what our capacity actually is dude you're 100 right yeah. and that's just like again that's from being accustomed to thinking that like hey if i don't stop now i'm gonna have nothing in the tank when in reality you know y- you have a lot left in the tank to keep going right. so but it's just putting right. yourself in an atmosphere where you feel like you can achieve that and getting yourself oh, in the sure, right dude. state of mind so i, I dude well uh, and it's it's being comfortable with uncomfortability sure that you have to put yourself in places and situations that you wouldn't normally do otherwise you would never have gone, we have never gone to Austin or you've yeah. never gone to Florida or anything like that. You well, just having like be, a support in, be in your circle and you're comfortable. So you're just like, you have to put your outside, yourself outside of that to grow. Yeah. And you got, yep. we got families that are very supportive and, and we're live right now on YouTube and our fans. I mean, we have no joke. And I know everybody says we have the best fucking fans out there. No joke. Yeah. The OGs that's been here for a long time. They're chatting up. They are the best, super motivational, like super, like you guys are awesome. Like keep going. So, you know, when stuff's tough, you got people telling you like, hey, don't don't give up, you know, just keep it up. So, you know, mm-hmm. much love to them, by the way. Yeah. But before we let you, you know, we're going to get here going pretty soon. But uh, I know we didn't get into politics a lot. So I'm going to ask you, do you think Joe Biden's going to die before his presidency's up <laughs> <laughs> or decease, uh, not no uh, longer live? Uh, no, I don't think he'll die. I, I, I don't think that he'll die, but I think that he will. I mean, look, you got to kind of listen to what the guy said. He said, he said out of his fucking face, he was like, <laughs> I will come down with some disease and that'll be the reason why I leave the office. So yeah, I, if I, if I had to guess, just if I had to guess, I would wager that he would come down with some type of medical ailment that would cause him to resign with a certain tranche of out of of months remaining before the election, like let's say eight months, and then Kamala would become the president, Oof. and that would be used as like a pretext to her not campaigning. I got to run mm. the country. Mm. Gotcha. No, I can't. I can't campaign. So if I had to guess, that's what I would anticipate would happen. But I don't know any more than the next guy. Yeah, it's possible that he finish the term, but the guy certainly appears to be getting sloppier and weaker as the days go. So it's hard to say, but that, if I had to guess, that would be my guess. It, it's been rapid. Yeah. I mean, it's been rapid. It's a rapid decline, dude. Where do you oh, see yeah. like the, I mean, where, you know, with, I watch your stuff and you got great content, man. So I, I kind of know you. where you're at, but where do you see us heading? Like 2024, like what, what do you think is going to happen and what kind of change do you think? Are we going to set ourselves back on the right course? Or are we going to continue down this crap path? Well, well, I, 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 I am I am an optimist and I believe that generally speaking things work out for the better. I believe in yin and yang, I believe in duality, I believe in the idea that, you know, you know, the world is is like a is like a rhythm. It's like a wave. You know, it goes up and it goes down. 
And I think that um, people like myself and people like you guys wouldn't have a position in the marketplace if there was no market need for it. Yeah. The reason that people are consuming my content is because they is because it's needed in the space. It provides value to their life. If everything was cool and we there was no hope, then this type of content would have no viewers. Nobody would be watching it because what are we talking about? They wouldn't We're be worried about, about anything. Yeah. Right. They yeah. wouldn't be worried and they wouldn't want to know how to and see people speaking out about things that are true. They would be they would be mindlessly complacent in the matrix. And I think that the fact that people like myself and so many other creators have all risen out of nothingness like a phoenix to 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 have these huge platforms um, is a testament to the fact that it is wanted and needed and that if the if the. I don't even want to say the devil, but if the darkness wanted to play a trick on you and make yeah. you think you weren't in the jungle, like to use the analogy from before, they would want you to think that no such people like us exist and no people think this way and you're doomed and you better shut up and obey and follow the rules and put on your diaper and take this mystery juice and, and, and go and go follow the rules. So I would say that I believe that we can turn it around, but I think that it involves us Taking the same taking the same disposition to life that I talked about us taking before, yeah. which is like I gotta get better every day. I gotta make sure the people around me get better. I gotta improve the quality of my social circle. I gotta get healthier. I gotta get smarter. I gotta work harder. I gotta level up. I gotta reinvest and recycle back in. I gotta make sure that I bring people into the fray that deserve to be there and eliminate the people that don't. I have to be constantly on this improvement tip. And I think that if I do that in my own personal life and I broadcast that to the people in my immediate social circle and through my channels and you guys do that in your personal life and you broadcast that to the people in your immediate social circles and on your channels. The ripple effect is massive. I think that, again, it's like we under-index our, our capacity. We underestimate the power of our words and our actions. If you guys were to do that, could you imagine how many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people would be affected by your actions alone? Yeah. Add that to mine. Add that to the thousand other creators. Give us three years of time. Give it the fact that they're putting a diaper on a child that's five years old in New York City right now. You know, give it that they're making a kid wear a diaper in D.C. or say that they can't go to school. They're coming for the jugular mm -hmm. and people like us need to stand up against it. And I refuse <clears throat> to believe that we're just going to lose and we're just going to it's over and that America is going to fall. So if I had to predict anything, I would say, yeah, we turn it around. The question is, is how quickly, how much, and how many people are going to get involved and join in? And it's like, I say this all the time. If you have a standing army that's fighting, the guy that cooks the food is just as important as the guy that cleans the guns, as the oh, guy yeah. that plans the maps, as the guy that watches out at night. And we all have a role to play. The question is, is are you playing the role, number one? And number two, are you stopping at 60%? Yeah. Or are you going the extra 40? Look, it's like this, this game, as you guys know, it's a, it's a, it's a cash-heavy upfront, and it's a potential future down the line. That's the investment. You guys probably don't make a ton of money from this, just like I don't make a ton of money from what I'm doing. Yeah. But we understand the purpose of it. We understand the direction of it. We understand the momentum and we understand how it, how it fits in the greater picture of our own life and ultimately the reality of, of, of the world that we hope to see. So it's like, what did I do this week to make it better? Well, 
objectively, it's like, I bought this $400 microphone. I bought this $2,500 camera. I bought all of this stuff so that my stuff could be a higher quality, a higher caliber, reach more people. You guys are taking your Sunday night at five o'clock to spend time with me to broadcast my message out and then pump it, make the graphic before and share it and keep it all going. And it's like, just like that, we're all spinning around and pushing all of this stuff out and we're investing our time where we could be dicking off at the beach or sitting down at the lake or popping a brew or whatever. And we're trying to do something to better ourselves, the people around us and the country and really the world at large. So as long as we keep doing this and not stopping at 60%, I think we got it. We just got to not let up because these psychos are, are doing that. That's what they're doing. They're sticking together. They're blindfully, they're blindly conforming to each other. And they're like, where do you want me to go, sir? Like line (laughs) up and get the juice and pump it up everyone's ass and and go and go and lie and, and like tell the kids that they can cut their dick off. It's like, these people are fucked up. Yep. I swear so much. So it's no, like, we, it's not, we don't. We, we swear a lot. We swear. I, I sweared, I think, 84 times on yeah. one of the episodes. Yeah, Greg, actually, not good. I, I counted <laughs> twice. Uh, you know, I agree with you that, like, I, I'm, I'm optimistic. And I think uh, I think that there was critical errors made. I think they, they did too much out of desperation too fast. And I think it, it's leading to a spot where people are going, like, all this stuff can't be as bad as you're saying it is. Like, the yeah. you know, people are not dying in the streets. You know, like all of a sudden we're all equal now. If you're unvaxxed yeah. or evaxxed, we're all equal again. You know, so people are seeing this and I do think that they're opening their eyes. Well, it's not just that, but it's I think people needed to walk through this Biden administration to see how Caused. bad it could get. It was you necessary. Know what I mean? Like it, they needed a slap in the face and I think everybody's getting it right now. And so that's yeah. why I think everybody might be like, holy shit, we got to stop this. Yeah, and to your th- other point, like, you know, yeah, we don't make a ton of money, you know, and and we got great patrons who like donate to us and, and it helps us get all these things. And we always thank them for that. But you're right. Like even having a couple people come out and just say, hey, thank you guys for doing what you do. That like is mm-hmm. if it's one person that is seriously so motivating because you're like, man, if we can get one, we can get two. If we can get three, you know, four. And that's so right. it makes you not want to stop. You, you yeah, feel amazing, right. you know, and that's we're just right. we're just three dudes, bro. <laughs> you know, we have families and stuff and we're just like we're just trying to speak as honestly as possible about things and Absolutely. have fun, you know. Yeah, and you're in, you're investing you're investing your time and investing your money. I know how, those those mics are not cheap. Those stands are not cheap. You guys got three cameras on you. That that's real money. I see you yeah. got lights in there. You got screens <laughs> and monitors. I mean, it's it costs money. You got to make the graphics and whatnot. So it you're making an investment because not only do you see the upside potential of it in the future, but you know I don't want to speak for you guys, but I would I would imagine that you guys want to see a better future. And if, yeah. if this oh, is course. the, and if this is the mm-hmm. instrument that you guys can play to help get the world to a better place, then you're going to do it. Yeah. You're, you're, you're front loading the investment of not only your time, but your money to make it happen. And, and that's, that's admirable. And as long as, as long as people like you guys and people like me keep doing it and keep pressing it and reinvesting and getting better and getting sharper. And then the people that come throw in five bucks in the hat every once in a while, Yep. There's no reason why it can't it can't grow and prosper. And it's like, look, Joe Rogan is going to retire one day. Yeah. And and just because and before Joe Rogan, I guarantee you that Joe Rogan was not like, well, I can't be like this guy. I'm just Joe Rogan. Yeah. He just yeah. went and did the thing that he wanted to do, yeah. got better at it. People forget Joe Rogan's been podcasting for 13 years or yeah. 12 yeah, years. A long time. Something. It's an astronomical amount of time. <laughs> it's like so. And it's like the amount of skills that you have to develop to get to that point. I bet the first 150 shows were crap and he just did it because he wanted to. So this is all part of the game. And I'm just so confident that as long as you don't have a plan B, 
you're going to navigate your way there so long as you're willing to do the work. Hell no, yeah. I definitely don't have a plan B. I literally <laughs> sold everything we have and we're He's living in a fifth wheel. Fifth so. wheel. <laughs> well, there so, you go. That's awesome. Yeah, we're prepping for it, man. It's it's well, first of all, we have a lot of respect for you, man. Absolutely. And uh, and we're super excited for you because that growth that you've had is is tremendous and you're getting your word out there and you do you put out amazing content. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people in the game that we have a lot of respect for you being one of them. We were super happy. Uh, I think you reached out to us, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's how it worked out, right? Yep. So we yes. appreciate you doing that because, uh, you know, we don't do guests a lot because there's a lot going on. It's, it can be difficult, but having you on has been been awesome, dude. And I'm super stoked to have you here. Hey, I appreciate it. That's the thing is like, again, it's like it all connects, right? You got, I think you guys had messaged me or commented on something. Oh, I'm sure. And, we I went on, and then I went on your page and I was just like, Hey, and I was the reason that the reason that I bought all this studio equipment is I was like, I need to start, I need to take it up a level. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I haven't done is ask people like, Hey, do you, would you want to have me on the pod? So a month ago I was just like, I need to make a change. I got to do something big. I got to invest some money. I got to change my frame. So it's like, I invested in the studio. Investing in the studio made me feel more comfortable about asking somebody to be on their thing. Cause I'm like, I'm going to show up with it looking sharp. Like, you look I'm good, gonna, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to screw around. So yep. it's just so interesting how like a singular decision that happened while I was, you know, walking my nightly walk. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta go up a level. What am I going to do? And here we are. Yep. We we always underestimate the power of our thoughts. Something that I do all the time. It's like I don't I don't know if you when you're in the shower that five minutes that you're thinking like you could change the rest of your life. That's when there. it always so, happens, man. It's always in the <laughs> yeah. freaking shower for me too. Yeah, because there's nothing else. Yeah. And for me, for me, it's when I take a walk at night. It's like if I go out on a walk at night and all I have is like the clouds and that's it. It's like that's when stuff really cooks because there's just nothing. Yeah. And um and I and I and I I wish that more people would take that time to think about what am I going to do tomorrow? What am I going to do today? What where am I going to put that extra 100 bucks or where am I going to put that extra hour of time or whatever? And so long as we start convincing people that that's something that everybody has to do all the time, the world's a better place. It's like if that's the message, you should be better yourself and then all of these external problems solve as a result of that. That's an A plus message. And if that's our contribution to the world and we had to do it with these as our tools and yeah. our weapons, then let's do that. Absolutely, yeah, man. And I want to thank uh, Candace and Melly both. Yeah, thanks for those super chats. chats. And she said, great show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, like you have a you're on the same page you are. Uh, your motivational speaking, bro. Yeah, keep, <laughs> keep that keep shit it, going. Keep it up, man. <laughs> like, dude, I'm gonna go work out right now after this. You know? I like how I do oh, like yeah. how like it started, and we're like, hey, what do you think about this going on? What do you think about this going on? And then it just became Bobby preaching. Oh, no, yeah. I love that's, it, that's dude. How it works, man. <laughs> that's good. the thing is, we don't like we never want to set up to where we're saying this is what we're gonna chat because I think I think when we do yeah. that, like it kind of closes doors that open. You know, like, we can kind of go down, and, yeah. and I I love. The conversation about freestyle, man. Yeah, man. Mushrooms. I might try them now. I'm, I'm, I'm oh, you, you kind of motivated me <laughs> and uh, I'll be sure to reach out to you that. and let you know how my, uh, how my experience went with it. Acid. I might be better. I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Gross. You want me to go gonna, deep. Yeah. Like, like, all right. Well, throw okay. that out there. All right. Frosty Nugs. Thanks for that super chat, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah so, uh, like Dave was saying, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show, dude. Um, where my can pleasure. people find you? I know at take naps on IG. 
Yep. Yeah. So bobbysauce.com is my website. Everything about me can be found there. But if you want to follow me on all the socials, just go to followbobby.com. Followbobby.com, everybody. Yeah. And if you guys aren't following him, please go do so. Do uh, it. Yeah. It's awesome, dude. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know it's uh, later over my there pleasure. for you, but thank you, man. We appreciate yeah. Thank it. you so much, man. Yeah. No, no problem. My pleasure. And dude, guys, keep it up. Go to Texas, but also know this, that the mindset that you're going to have when you go there, you can create now. Yep. You can, it's, it's again, it's like, there's this great quote from uh, Tony Horton, the guy that created um, uh, P90X. He said, excuses are self-imposed obstacles that prevent us from having a better life. We think like, once I'm in Austin, I'll do X. If you can transport your mind there now mm-hmm. and start doing the things that you would do if you were to be there, when you go there, you're going to be so far ahead. You'll hit the ground running. So just not that you said that you would or that I think that you would, but yeah. all I would say is in your mind, start start thinking of the shit that you would do when you're there or you're going to do when you're there and start doing it now and get a running start because that will certainly that will certainly pour, pour gas on the fire, but it's a lot of the times we create this mental roadblock where we're like, I need this in order to have that. It was something that I did so many times when I was first getting started that I, I, I would love to go back and turn around. I was like, if I only had $10,000, I could do X. Yeah. And I did, I did everything backwards. I thought that if I had this, it was the solution when the reality was not having the $10,000 was a better solution. Same with on social. Yeah. I tried to build a social account, but I couldn't figure it out because I didn't focus on the content being the best there ever could be. I would think camera and mic and all this other shit. Now the content is fire. The mic, the camera come later. Yep. So yep. it's like, it's, we always, we always flip it backwards. Dude, so you're just right. Keep that 100% in mind. Right. Cause it is easy to say, Hey, let's just wait another week or two. Dude, that's, yeah. that's how working out is. I'll, I'll go to the gym tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. No, you're, you're hundred yep. percent right. Yeah. Man. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get you back on. Yeah. Let's do it again, uh, dude. And, and, and chat Sounds with you good. some more and uh, keep in contact, man. I hope you're not a stranger. Absolutely. Pleasure, guys. Thanks All for right. having me. All right. You take care. Everybody, take thank you so much. And uh, we're going to bounce out of here, dude. Yeah, we're going to end the episode. So, yeah, thank you guys so much for joining. And thanks thank again to Bobby. Chats. Go to followbobby.com. And everybody, thanks again for joining. Cheers and until you. next time, you guys, cheersy, cheersies. Oh, he's got the water. Ooh. All righty. Sign our everybody. So, yo. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.